the day 277 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul here with uh, Cindy, David, and Matt as we continue our journey through the prophets. Uh, we've been reading from the prophet Ezekiel and uh, the images you know, that uh, Ezekiel uses are images that are otherworldly in so many instances. He's used allegory you know, to bring forth uh, the judgment of God and the coming prediction of judgment you know, on the people of Israel. So there's a wide variety of literature in, in Ezekiel. And as we read through Ezekiel this week, we come to a section where he is once again turning to, you know, near allegory or parable in order to describe, you know, Israel's unfaithfulness before God and the judgment, you know, that is taking place. So we come uh, to uh, Ezekiel chapter 19, which is Ezekiel taking a, a form, an ancient form, a funeral dirge, and he is mourning the death of Israel and of her princes. So we have a lament you know, in uh, chapter 19. For we read, as uh, we always do, we, we come expectantly into the presence of God when we uh, come to His Word. Uh, wherever we gather together in faithfulness to Him, we can know that He is present with us. And when we say know that He is present with us, we talk about His special presence to bless. Uh, he is always present because uh, that's part of His quality, that He is at the same time everywhere and in every place. Um, but there are places where he meets us and where, through grace, he brings us into fellowship with him. And his word is one of those means of grace. And so as we come to the word, we come expectantly asking God to reveal himself to us, to show us our own hearts, and to call in us a, a heart of affection and to turn us toward him. So before we read, Cindy, do you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? No, I don't mind. Father, thank you so much for this time in your word. And, and Lord, we thank you for um, this lament in your word. Father, thank you that it is something that is just a part of our our lives um, as believers, Father, when we grieve over our sin and our brokenness. But we also find re great rejoicing in your word when we are, are thankful for the salvation that comes from you. So be with us as we read. Open the eyes of our hearts that we might see, Father, and know you better and love you more and have our faith deepened as a result. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Ezekiel 19, take up a lament concerning the princes of Israel and say, What a lioness was your mother among the lions. She lay down among them and reared her cubs. She brought up one of her cubs and he became a strong lion. He learned to tear the prey and he became a man-eater. The nations heard about him and he was trapped in their pit. They led, him, they led him with hooks to the land of Egypt. When she saw her hope unfulfilled, her expectation gone, she took another of her cubs and made him a strong lion. He prowled among the lions, for he was now a strong lion. He learned to tear the prey and become a man-eater. He broke down their strongholds and devastated their towns. The land and all who were in it were terrified by his roaring. Then the nations came against him, those from the regions round about him. They spread their net for him, and he was trapped in their pit. With hooks, they pulled him into a cage, and they brought him to the king of Babylon. They put him in prison, so his roar was heard no longer on the mountains of Israel. Your mother was like a vine in your vineyard, planted by the water. It was fruitful and full of branches because of abundant water. Its branches were strong, fit for a ruler's scepter, towered high above the thick foliage, conspicuous for its height, for its many branches. 
but it was uprooted in fury and thrown to the ground. The east wind made it shrivel. It was stripped of its fruit. Strong branches withered and fire consumed them. Now it is planted in the desert in the dry and thirsty land. Fire spread from one of its main branches and consumed its fruit. No strong branches left on it fit for a ruler's scepter. This is a lament, and it's meant to be used as a lament. And even though uh, the final stages of judgment have not taken place, uh, Ezekiel was already singing the dirge or the song, you know, for the final, you know, final chapter before going into exile. And of course, again, we're using, uh, you know, the images, you know, kind of allegory. The lioness in this particular instance is, is Israel himself, or maybe the tribe of Judah, you know, more specifically. Uh, you know, the lion from the tribe of Judah kind of is the image, you know, that you have here. So you have a, lion, a lioness who has yielded, you know, these two two cubs. The first of these is probably Jehoaz, you know, which was, uh, you know, son of Josiah, which was one of the first, you know, was defeated, you know, by Egypt and taken off, you know, to the land of Egypt. And uh, the latter cub could either, you know, be Jehoiachin or, you know, the first exile into uh, Babylon or Zedekiah, the final you know, uh, predicted exile into Babylon. Uh, but these were two, you know, kings uh, from the line of Judah, uh, one conquered by Egypt and the other conquered by Babylon. And then you have the image of, you know, the mother moving from a lioness to a, to a fruitful vine, which is Israel, and what she could have been and should have been under God. Uh, a verdant vine. And, and remember, you know, in the image we had, we've been doing, you know, different images as we go through Ezekiel. One of the images was, you know, of a chart, you know, of a chart, you know, grapevine, you know, not being good for a peg in the wall or for anything else. In this particular instance, you have a grapevine that is so strong that it turns into a scepter. So it is, you know, the very powerful images that you know, Ezekiel was playing with, you know, as he moves through these prophecies. And I'm assuming that the east wind is Nebuchadnezzar. And, you know, as I look at that and realize that um, in God's sovereignty that he uses any and everything, you know, to either discipline us or bring us, you know, back to him. Of course, he was using Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon. No doubt. You know, God in his sovereignty has used, has, used, has used a nation, you know, that in, in many ways Israel's going, you know, that's the very epitome of paganism. And God is saying, no, you are. Mm -hmm. You know, you're the ones that have worn for me. So I am going to use them, you know, who in one sense is everything you're longing to be, to mm -hmm. be a judgment on you. And of course, mm -hmm. the East Wind is, you know, has been in both of the, allegories that we've done this week you know the allegories of the eagle and the vine and now the allegories of the lioness and her cubs mm -hmm. and in in the vineyard uh the, the symbol of of scorching wind out of the desert which would be babylon mm -hmm. and what a fitting fitting lament i mean mm -hmm. you, you go from israel thriving branches strong fit for a ruler scepter towered high thick foliage you know you get those images just israel was flourishing until it was uprooted in fury and thrown to the ground. And all of a sudden now you have it's planted in a desert, no strong branches left on it fit for a ruler's scepter. And, and you're, you're thinking of all those images of, you know, the Davidic covenant that, you know, there will be one that comes from David's line who will sit on the throne forever. You know, I will establish him. And yet Israel has become, you know, so 
unfit, you know, if you will, in this image of mm-hmm. not even fit for a ruler's scepter. To no, well, you have all kinds of images, you know, come mm-hmm. to the front here. Mm-hmm. You remember whenever, you know, Jacob is blessing you know, his sons, he, his blessing on Judah is that the scepter will not depart from him till it comes to the one to whom it belongs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there is the promise of David that he will always have, you know, a son of his on, on the throne. So you have in what is happening in exile, you have the extinction of the Davidic throne, you know, from the last Davidic king being Zedekiah, who's taken off the throne or the second cub there probably, mm-hmm. and more or less who's taken away in hooks to Babylon. And and so you almost see an end to it, but there is a promise of a coming one, you know, to hit bonds. So don't just hear there's a vine that's strong enough to turn into a scepter. You know, hear what you know Matt was saying earlier, a nation that is worthy of its king. Mm-hmm. Are worthy mm-hmm. to have a king, yeah. mm-hmm. and of course you remember the cries of Israel. We want a king just like everyone else, and the kings that mm-hmm. uh, they've had have have proven to be the ruin. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you see, kind of, especially in the image of of the vineyard and the vine, just kind of almost kind of the story of of humanity in some sense that created to to live and thrive in such a way and and to be fruitful, and yet in the fall and in the rebellion, we've 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 lost that and now we are kind of in that dry and thirsty land fruitless but then yeah that one man is going to come to restore um and to bring life back and to bring kind of the fruit of of the kingdom of god's people back and and that's christ and so even in seeing the sadness of some of this and to see it with everything that's been lost we we do know the story goes on everything is is recaptured again and 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 found again in, in Christ, which is a lot of hope as we read through this. And it may even be a reference, you know, to, um, you know, to Christ in verse 14, mm-hmm. you know, fire spread from one of its main branches and consumed its fruit, the judgment coming from within the nation of Israel, both judgment and restoration, you know, coming in the person of Christ. He is, he is the one in whom, who not only will judge the nations, but the one on whom God has uh, placed our judgment. Uh, as a consuming fire. So nice images there all the way through. And, you know, you see just the parallel between um, planted by streams of water versus planted in a desert in a dry and thirsty land. Mm-hmm. And um, I suppose it's an easy goal, too, where God is able to bring back to life, you know, that which is planted in the desert. And yeah. so it's the beauty of that, too. Well, then you also have, you know, the opening psalm, you know, the, the man who does not, you know, stand in the way of wicked mm-hmm. or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. He'll be like a tree planted by waters that yields, you know, fruit. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea of fruitfulness, you know, has to do with deep roots, you know, in, in, in the law of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's what they have neglected, and, and, and we're going to hear that. In, mm-hmm. in spades tomorrow as we read tomorrow how they've neglected his good word and chosen another word mm-hmm. you know that leads to death yeah. David you mind uh, closing us with a word of prayer no let's pray and Father we uh, we do ask that we would be like a people who are planted by uh, streams of living water and, and, and as we're planted in you and that we would bear much fruit for you for your name for your kingdom um and they wouldn't be like a people in a dry and thirsty land, but that we would receive the restoration that comes in Christ Jesus and, and partake in that and live as your people. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.